no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. Welcome to the Barry Sentence. On today's show, we recap the season finale loss and break down off-season happenings and much more. What's good, Press? What's good? What kind of question is that, A-Dub? My goodness, what's good? <laughs> I'm just playing with you. I know you are, man. But hey, bro, I totally get it, man. Talk to your boy, Dub. Okay, so I'm a little frustrated with the powers that can be over there at Hallis Hall at 1920 Football Drive or whatever the fuck that damn address is. All right, <laughs> let me just tell you something here. They radio silent over there for days, right? Right. You see all these teams making moves, getting rid of people, and I'm sitting over here like, I know for sure Black Monday, we're going to find out something over here. Wrong. Tuesday come, we don't hear anything. Nope. And today we finally start to get a little couple rumblings, right? And I'm like, Two the whole days go by, we don't hear nothing, right? Right. Now all of a sudden, right, we got some things happening. Luke Getty gets fired. Whoop de whoop. I mean, come on now. Everybody <laughs> knew that move was coming. Yep. But then I'm like, okay, what's next? What's going on with my boy Flus? Because you know, AW, you and I, we kind of been on a different side when it came to this whole situation. You know, you kind of been like, hey man, I like what he's done with the defense. You like the way that he kept the team together, yada yada, right? Which I understood. Right. But I was just looking at that record, man. And I'm like, dude, I don't want this guy coaching my team. You know, I've been consistent with that, right? Facts. So, okay. We come out today, and I'm like, okay, so what unchanged? All you did is got rid of more assistant coaches, A-Dub. And I'm like, who hired these fucking people? Ooh. You know? I follow you. And on top of that, yeah, audience, I'm going on a little rant because I'm frustrated. Okay, we got assistant coaches that are getting let go, resigning, whatever the fuck happened with those guys with the HR shit. Who hired those two? Mm. How many passes you gonna give to this guy? <laughs> I see your point, friends, with all that happening. And this is where you and I disagree slightly, of course, but that's okay. All good. But, it's all good. Now, right. I want to hear your now I want to hear your two cents now. <laughs> but the thing is, with all those things you said, are definitely factual, bros. I would not even argue that because you know all what? Right. You are spot on, bro. I totally agree with that. But then there's that. However, right? However, the well, team... here he comes. Here he comes, y'all. Here he comes. <laughs> <laughs> the team shows some improvement, right, as far as winning go, right? 7-9, understand it was the season we all wanted to be, right? Because there are games that got away. We definitely right. know that. But we right. can't agree upon that. There have been some things where this team has started to grow. And the biggest part that you and I have definitely agreed on as far as growth was that defense. And I know you talked about that earlier, but those takeaways, man, you cannot mm -hmm. deny that you did not enjoy that press. You love those takeaways. You I like, love I like, it. <laughs> I, liked, I liked it, but then the, the offensive coordinator that he hired, 
fumbled it. So it's like, you know, yeah. <laughs> in, in one instance, I was happy. And the next instance, I was miserable. It sounds like my life. But anyway, I don't, I, y'all don't have the type of time to even deal with that audience. But what I'm trying to tell y'all <laughs> is <laughs> I have no joy over here. That's the problem, y'all. That's I'm so unhappy with this damn team. So A-Dub's going to be the positive guy today. And I like it. This is the odd couple today. And I like that. So A-Dub, when you heard the news, you didn't feel any kind of way. You didn't feel like, oh, man, what are we doing? Or you felt like more, I'm okay with it. I felt I was okay when we talk about Luke Getty getting let go. I understand even Flu's done his job very well second half of the season where we may have earned another year. Not well, saying we're done with him yet. I don't know about that very well, A-Dub, but I hear you. Oh, yeah. very but the thing well. is, Rez, he wasn't as bad as Luke Getty, right? <laughs> and I well, think... Oh, shit. <laughs> Uh, you know, I almost said something personal about Luke Getty. I'm sorry. I'm I, I'm trying to do better, y'all. I almost but, said something. I caught myself. Go ahead. I, I understand, Go ahead. bro. I got you. But guess what we end up doing? You and I took the nickname away from him, right? Like, the wing. You know, there we go. I'm catching well, who, myself who, who, right now. Uh-huh. Who gave him that nickname? I did, and I was uh-huh. wrong. Perez, was, was taking, right. Who, who was taking pictures with him at the senior bowl? Oh, shoot. oh shoot. don't do it to me. Don't nobody go find that on Twitter. Don't look that up. Don't nobody, no. that pig, hey, don't, don't nobody comment on that pig. Hey, look, don't do me like that. Bro, hey, honest, I still see A-Dub's thumb up in the air like Fonzie from Happy Days. I still see it right now. Man, that's the one that got to get taken down, man. We got to take those down, friends. Like, hey, man, wake up is embarrassed, man. Embarrassed big time, man. All jokes aside, though, Dub. So, yes, to your point, when it came to Getty, no one was surprised there. Right. But with the Ibrafus one, you and I, you know, different opinion, which is fine. That's why we do the show, right? We ain't going to be right. 100%, you know, with the same takes. But, A-Dub, just talk to me real quick here. Were you not on the same page with me in the first half of the season when we was losing and when I wanted this man fired during the season? Yeah, I was on the same page you, bro. He got to go. Okay. Everybody got to go. No doubt. Right. <laughs> right. So you and Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles, y'all all fell in love with this second half and forgot everything that happened in that first half. <laughs> That's I'm just, true. I'm just, we just talking. Yeah, but yep. is, is right. that true? That's true. Definitely true, bro. That, I'm with you. So let me ask you this question, A-Dub. I got a lot of questions today. <laughs> so remember how when Ryan Poles got hired, right, and they had the finalists for the job, and Ryan Poles was basically like, oh, you know, Ibrafus is my guy. But then there were some rumors coming out that Ibrafus was not necessarily Poles' guy and that management basically kind of like said, this is your guy, you're going to hire this guy? Right. So there was a while that we all kind of were like, well, this isn't Poles' guy. He didn't hire him. Well, Brian Poles in this situation had the ability, A-Dub, to separate himself from one Matt Eberfuss. But no, what is he going to do? He goes and fucking rubber stamps that. Now, when you keep this guy, you're showing us all like, okay, now you two are definitely locked in step. That's correct. So <laughs> you, you you got no more of the, the, the built-in excuse of, oh, well, it wasn't my heart. Oh, it's your hire now, motherfucker. It's your hire. Oh, you guys won the same now, man. You go to the podium together, do all that stuff, talking together. Even we saw them at the singing bowl, Perez. We, you and I saw those two inseparable, bro. So it's like you just see Ryan Post and even folks together all the time, probably, of course, talking things through about this team, etc. But to your point, man, they own this thing, on this journey together. 
So, like I said, he got that. He does not have that excuse anymore. And nope. I'm just going to tell you this. Now, you got a head coach now that's lame duck. Because when I saw Matt Eberflus, we're going to get into this here in a second on this. But when you saw him sitting up at that podium today, that didn't look like a man that was comfortable. He didn't have no bass in his voice when he was up there at that podium. Nope. That, that was a man up there like, man, I'm happy to be alive. <laughs> he, looked, he looked like a cancer survivor. Shout out to our cancer survivors out there. But that's what he looked up there. He looked like a guy that was like, I got a new lease on life. Man, he's oh like, God. I he's like, I survived, Prince. I survived. Yeah. And he did. He survived to your point, though, because you made some good points on why he should have been let go, right? But he did, man. He made the cut, and now he gets another chance to try to, you know, fix things moving in the right direction. But he's on that podium looking like, man, I just skated by. I gotta make good on this. <laughs> He looked like the guy to interview for a job and know he won't qualify for it. But surprise, he got hired and was sitting up there like, man, I fooled these people. <laughs> or he looks like that guy, man, who just got a bad evaluation. Like, hey, man, you got your last final warning. We're going to give you a chance. You're like, yes, Ooh. I get to earn a few more bucks. <laughs> Leave it to the HR guy to talk about final evaluations or final warnings. They always try to <laughs> fire people. Y'all know that stuff with them HR folks? I always try to fire somebody. Well, A-Dub, not so much in this case, because he wanted to keep your fools around. But you hear you hear the language. You hear that coded language with them HR folks. They all sound the same, y'all. So I'm surprised A-Dub wanted to keep this guy around. Well, we got him on a performance improvement plan right now. Please. Oh, shit, I hope so. <laughs> I hope you was in the room when they talked that, when they had that conversation. Yes, um, we have some improvements we need to make. Uh, here are the seven points of the improvement plan. We're going to have milestones. Ain't them all the words y'all be using? Milestones. <laughs> Damn. My man friends call out the milestones on that. Okay. Yes, yes, sir. You right. <laughs> I mean, you can, you know, you can probably do it a little bit more justice. That, that's just a high level. But my thing is, Eberflus definitely, he's skating by. Yeah. And I don't feel like he deserves to be here. I feel like the Ryan Poles missed an opportunity to basically clean house here. I think with the whole Justin Fields situation, I had no resolution to that. None. The offensive coordinator, it seems like that's the person that we're going to put all the blame on. That's convenient. Yeah, scapegoat. You can call it that. <laughs> yeah. And now, this is yet now another offensive coordinator, if Justin Fields is the quarterback next season, that he's got to work with. And they better get this fucking position right because whether it's Justin coming back for season four or uh, uh, Caleb Williams or whoever they decide at number one, if they keep that pick, they're going to have to be somebody that's going to be able to develop a fucking quarterback. True. So one of the things that I'm thinking about A-Dub right now is who in the hell <laughs> would be the coordinator? Because you got a head coach, as I mentioned before, who's lame duck. Most offensive coordinators that are high quality I'm going to look at that situation and say, the court, the, the coach ain't even on, on good, solid footing. Why would I go there? Because when he get fired, they're going to fire me if this thing don't go right. That's a very good question, Perez. But some may look at this whole thing and say, hey, we did see the last, like you said, last part of the season, second half, where this defense looked very intriguing. We talk about the players on paper, those who executed. Jalen Johnson, Montez Sweat, Perez, you've seen a lot of these guys produce. So that may be intriguing for someone to say, hey, the defense is going to be fine. If I can get this offense straight, woo, this team probably could go from 7-9 to maybe a 10-win team or even higher than that, right? So looking at the, the cup half full versus half empty. 
Yeah, well, I hope you're right with your half full because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still over here wounded from this man with these damn losing streaks that he had. That, that's my problem, man. The losing yeah. streaks. And then you have the offensive coordinator here that didn't adapt. We we talked about the play call, and I'm not going to even get into that that, that much on this show. Right. But we know what it was with Getsy, right? And a lot of the issues that we saw with Justin not taking that next step that we all thought, I think a lot of that had to do with the scheme, the offensive coordinator not putting him in the best position. I mean, I hate to see here shoot Chase Claypool any sort of bill. But remember when they got him up out of here, this man sat up there and said, they're not putting me in the best positions to succeed. Now, we all laughed and we like, Chase, you're a fucking joke, right? However, the man didn't lie. Because no. not only did Chase not get put in the right positions, neither was DJ Moore, <laughs> neither was Money Moon, right. neither was Justin Fields. I mean, come on, man. Getty had one job to do, and he did not get it done, which is why he's not here. So that's why it makes this offensive coordinator position just one of many important decisions for Ryan Poles and <clears throat> Matt Eberflus to, to figure out. And you think about that, that offense, it's not a really a bad offense, bro, if you think about some of the weapons we do have, right? With DJ Moore, we saw the emergence of um, Cole Komet, how well he's played. And it's like, hey, you know, you got a couple things over here cooking with some nice players. And if they can grow and develop, could possibly be even better, depending on what you do in the draft or in free agency as well. So it's like, hey, right. you got some things to work with here, you know? So, but to your point, you're going to need an offensive coordinator who can unlock all that. That's right. That's right. With that being in mind, AW, you have a guy that like just kind of pops, you know, pops up in your head, just like, hey, you know, this would be a guy that I think that could be a good fit here. The one guy that always sticks in my mind, probably yours as well, Perez, and this is probably be wishful thinking here, but Eric B. Enemy is always the guy that's on my radar, bro. It's just that I've seen this guy do it so well on multiple occasions. You saw in Kansas City was able to do. You saw he was able to do with the commanders. It's like this guy knows what the hell he's doing when it's talking about being an offensive coordinator. And to me, it's like this guy can adapt that you've been talking about, Perez, being able to do that and grow and get the most out of your quarterback. So with that, I look at Eric and say, man, do you think a place like Chicago would be a place you may want to come to? Or are you still been high on trying to become the head coach? So where are you at mentally? And those kind of things, but he's a guy that does stand out to me. I guess that's my biggest thing is why isn't he talked about for more head coaching jobs? Like right. the fact that you're talking about him coming here, which honestly, I've heard other people saying that about Eric Bianami. And when you look at him on paper, hell yeah, right? Like the yeah. guy has, you know what I'm saying? He's got the qualifications of it. But for me, I'm like, how come he can't get a shot of being a head coach? And it's not just towards your take, because honestly, if Eric Bianami was off as a coordinator, I'd be cool with it. Right. But I'm like, damn, like this guy did all the, of what he did at KC. <laughs> Matt Nagy as a QB coach, <laughs> gets a fucking head coaching job, fails, goes back to KC, gets another offensive coordinator job. Me, meanwhile, Eric Bandemi has to leave KC just to become an <laughs> offensive coordinator for the commanders. And I, I don't think he's any closer, A-Dub, to being a head coach. I'm with you there, Perez. I don't even see it, bro, which is sad, though, because you and I speak highly of the guy. But, man, he ain't got far. No. And so to your point, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears picked up the phone and called over there. And the work that he was doing with the quarterback in Washington, I thought it was pretty solid. I mean, that quarterback kind of down the stretch had some, some issues that he needed to clean up. But I right. thought he did a really solid job with developing. 
you know, the quarterback was looking pretty good there for the first half of the year. Yeah. The second half, I was like, <laughs> hey, they, they started to figure this team out, man. But yeah, <laughs> right. But Sam Howell can only do so much, friends, as you already know. He's limited in what he's capable of doing. He's not one of those top tier quarterbacks, as you and I both know. Yeah. But like I said, young quarterback that I thought was showing some signs of, you know, being pretty solid in the league, but, you know, right. they benched him and, you know, it is what it is there. But Eric Bandami ain't up. Not a bad name. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it. Let's just say that. For me, and this out is AW and I, we're gonna put a comprehensive list together on a future show. This is me and him kind of just spitballing here, just rapid fire. Right. Um I don't know, A dub. This was this was a tough one, right? So I would love the, the opportunity for you and I to be able to sit down and put a comprehensive list together. But right now, the only name that's kind of like really popping up. I'm going to have to say the Texas QB coach, the guy Ooh. that's been working with CJ Stroud all season. <laughs> hey, bro, talk to me. So that's that's Jared Johnson. And so when I look at him, I'm like, okay, that's a guy that went to work with CJ Stroud. I mean, <laughs> this is the same CJ Stroud that Ryan Poles looked at last year in the draft and was like, I'm going to pass. Let me trade this pick. Ooh. And then what's CJ Stroud going to do? <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm talking that shit today, y'all. But <laughs> but but hear me out though. All that quarterback went out there and did was tore it up with a bunch of receivers that I mean they were kind of yeah, they, he don't have no DJ Moores over there. No, nah, and he was tearing it up. So I'm gonna say that QB coach should get a look, you know, because he did a great job there between him and that offensive coordinator over there, Bobby Slowick, who is not going to come over for offensive coordinator job because he's no. probably going to be looking at the head coaching spots, you know, right now. I agree with you on that. But if you if the Bears are looking at potentially drafting Caleb Williams number one, then why not go after a QB coach that did phenomenal work with uh, pretty much rookie of the year? <laughs> so yeah, and that speaks volume. If you can do that, make that big transformation with a quarterback like. C.J. Stroud, who I love the work the kid have done this season. I mean, he didn't mm -hmm. look like a rookie at all. If you and I talk no. about him, dude, no. like he's a vet right here, man. The plays he was making, the throws he was doing, I'm like, this kid is really good. But to your point, our boy Ryan Post here passed the photo, though, man. So it's like, <laughs> damn, you let that get away? But I will give the, the coaching staff their credit because it shows what they've been able to do with him and to get the most out of him with the weapons that he has. And Eberflus worked with him in, in Indy. So, like, you know, there's that familiarity. You know how these people, they love working with, with, with people that they know. And the same thing with enemy. Poles and him work together in KC, right? So right. there's that familiarity. So, you know, you know how these guys operate. Absolutely, Perez. And I get it. That relationship thing does matter. And you got relationships with certain coordinators and other people in different roles that you may want to bring in to help out or take on another position that you got a good, you know, relationship with. And that does matter as well. Adam, I know the audience, they can't wait for us to get to the <laughs> takeaways from this press conference because I'll tell you one thing, brother. <laughs> I'm sitting here on this thing. I'm like, first of all, I'm like, the Bears, y'all make too much money as a franchise to have some bogus-ass stream for your damn press conference. I'm like, what is going on with this thing? I'm like, me and Adam got a better set up for our damn podcast than this billion-dollar corp corporation. I'm like, what's going on over here, Adam? <laughs> man, they tripping, man. They just want to get this over with and get it done with, man. 
Oh, Ryan Poles, you, you definitely saw that. He had that energy in his face. He was sitting up there. I was like, yeah, this man don't want to be up there right now. He definitely nah. want to be anywhere except for on that damn podium. Exactly, exactly. He knew he had been waiting on this moment, waiting on this day, and hear what he got to say and what the plans are. And so he already knew going in, like, man, it's going to suck because we didn't get the job done, of course, as he, what he's been preaching, right, Perez? Taking back the North and all of this stuff. It didn't happen this year. No, it sure didn't. I know Kevin Warren was talking about that. And I was like, okay, we're going to get into that in a second. But in this conversation today, it was very clear that Poles and Warren both put their full support behind Ibafloos. And it was one of those things. Remember when I told you that I was at one of the away games and I passed Kevin Warren in the hallway and he was smiling from ear to ear? In that right. moment, my worst fears came to, to kind of like fruition. I'm like, they gonna fucking they gonna fall in love with the second half of the season. They gonna run it back, and that's exactly what they did. But they put their full support behind this guy, right? I mean, it was clear in the discussion today that they had with the media, and this press conference today. I mean, the media I thought did a really good job of asking not just questions about things that we want to hear, but the way that they frame the questions. Aw, you know that's one of the big things for me. Yeah, yep. I love the way questions are framed. So you have pretty much people. Wanting to know what's going to happen with Justin, right? Right. So the media was asking questions about that. They wanted to know, why did you stick with Iberflus? They wanted to know what the team is looking for in the next offensive coordinator, A-Dub. They talked yep. about stadium plans and then what polls may do with the number one pick. So of all of those topics, A-Dub, what is like the biggest takeaway that you have from this press conference? One of the biggest takeaways for me <laughs> – and I, I don't want to throw this guy on the bus any further than what they already did. But when you and I talk a little bit about being a scapegoat, Perez, man, Matt Eberflus definitely threw Lugetti on the bus, man. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about growth, development, and improvement, weren't where it needs to be, you talk about being aggressive as an offense and doing the things to help you win games. If that's not talking about Luke Getty, I don't know who is. <laughs> you know, I don't know what is at that point. But, man, just seeing how they talked about Luke Getty and what this offense really need to thrive just really, you know, um, spelled it all out, man. And I just kind of felt bad in a way. It's happening at the podium right now. So I did take away that whole factor of it. And they realizing that, hey, you know what, how important that offensive coordinator is going to be moving forward, Perez, whoever they hire for that job. They should have known that beforehand. Yep. You you sat up here, you had a guy in Justin Fields who has all this talent, has all this potential. That should have went into their thinking when they came up with the fact of let's hire Luke Getzi, right? So it's like yep. we heard all these things about him, and you know, I didn't see it any of it, but whatever. Now, to your point, I did feel like they threw that man under the bus. Because the thing, the very thing that you you wrote down is kind of what I'm thinking of in my head when he talked about <laughs> when they looked at the growth, development, and improvement. It wasn't where it needed to be. And I'm like, Ouch. Right. Imagine A-Dub, man, the guys that work for us, and we had that type of feedback for them. Man, people might take that <laughs> some kind of way, bro. <laughs> I don't even want that kind of smoke, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do, but, <laughs> but, I <know> people, <laughs> but I know people ain't going to be happy to hear that type of nope. shit. Damn. Not at all. Not at all, but, man. But it's not a surprise because you knew DJ Moore wasn't happy. DJ Moore, he had some things to say. You know, if you yeah. read between the lines, you knew what it was. When Justin had his 
views on the offense. What happened after Justice spoke up? Right. Right? It shouldn't have yep. taken that. No. And then, and then Justin got to go take back his words because people in the front office and whoever else allegedly is telling him, go back and talk to the media and take that <laughs> shit back. Right. He had to go have another press conference to address yeah. what he said. <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting up here. This man told the truth. Then y'all go sit up here. Well, now you need to go back and run, take that back. No. <laughs> ain't no take backs. My grandma said that, man, when I was a shorty. She's like, ain't no take backs in this world. <laughs> you know, you be careful how you move out here. That's it, man, because once it go on record, it's on record, baby. It's on record. That's right. So, Ada, when, when they talked about what they're looking for in a new offensive coordinator, right? Right. A great teacher has to coach the coaches and the position. I was like, okay. So, <laughs> another shot. More shade, right? More shade thrown at the man. I'm like, dang, man. How many jabs can you give Luke Guess? He just took one by getting fired. And have to have the innovation and look at the players you have and put those players in position to succeed and move the football down the field. That sounds like a lot of what we've said here on this show and also what a lot of smart Bears fans have been saying all season about this office. Right. And that's what it comes down to, Perez. You see a consistent theme going on, how they call out the offensive coordinator, really. And you just called out a few. I call it a few. They even went as far as talking about when Ryan Poles has some additional things to say, you know, what holds the games out, finish the right way. He's pretty much talking about the offense, you know, finishing strong. That didn't happen that way. So it's like more shade thrown against the offensive coordinator. Now, this is also a thing that I'm thinking about. Whoever the offensive coordinator candidate is, they need to have a clear plan, not just for if Justin Fields comes back, but they need to have a clear plan on the top quarterbacks in the draft. So now you got to have a plan of how you're going to develop potentially four different guys. Ooh, ooh, we that's a different element right there in itself. And we also know that Ryan Poles is going to be involved in an offensive coordinator search as well. He should be, because guess what? If this doesn't work out, as you talked about earlier, Perez, who does this fall on now? Well, I mean, shit, Ryan Poles definitely, they're they going to go down. If this thing goes down, it's going to be just like Ryan Pace and Nagy. <laughs> right. <laughs> it ain't going to be pretty. It ain't going to be pretty. Gonna, I'm with you there, Perez. That's what this whole thing is going to turn into. There's no more scapegoats after this. That's why I would have done it differently. But anyway, we artists, you don't, you don't got time for me to sit here and go back on what I said earlier. I just, I don't know why Ryan Poles did this to himself. But anyway, as I digress. You know what my bigger takeaway was, a What was that? I have lots of them. But the fact that Ryan Poles mentioned that they didn't talk to any other coaches. Because I was mm. curious. I'm like, did they talk to Harbaugh? And he said, no, we didn't talk to any other coaches. And I'm sitting here like, Y'all got this much fucking faith in this coach? I look at offensive coordinators in the league, and I think they're better than him. So <laughs> what did you think there when they didn't even talk to her about? Didn't even put a filler out there. I think that's kind of fucked up. It definitely does sounds messed up, bro. Like, man, you know, Jim Harbaugh riding high, just won a championship, all this stuff going on. You didn't pick up the phone and get a man not one call to say, hey, let me talk to you. Not even saying that we're going to hire you, but at least talk to you, you know? Yeah, and the conversation. Fact that, right. Mm -hmm. So my whole thing with you, Perez, like, you ain't entertain nothing, man. So what are you really saying that either you are saying you all in with Luke Getsy? I'm sorry, not Luke Getsy. You all in with Matt Eberflus? Or are you saying that, you know what, I don't want to make things rocky moving forward 
if I go out there and start entertaining other things? What is that going to look like to my head coach now if I start doing that? It might create an environment where the continuity and all these different things are being broken up based upon my actions. So if that's what Ryan Poe's worried about, I can understand that. But from a business standpoint, it's like, hey, man, keep all your options on the table. Yeah, he very well probably could have had the conversation. He probably was just trying to spare the dude's feelings because dude's sitting right to the to the right of him. <laughs> <laughs> right, he's right next to me, friends. Y'all going to call me out right now on this, man? <laughs> but you know my ignorant ass. I'd have been sitting up there like, yeah, I talked to Jim. Like, yeah. that, that's all I would have said. Yeah, I talked to him. <laughs> right. I was like, at least told my uh, congratulations or something, you know? Right. I didn't have to tell you what I talked to him about. I just, because I, w- I would want even Fusa to have that in the back of his head. Like, yeah, dude, don't sit over here and get comfortable. Right. Mm. You've been talking about competition yourself as a, as a, as a head coach. Hey, look, That's we right. want competition too. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And it's better out here. But that was something interesting. And also, too, A-Dub, the fact that they're playing the long game here. Right. That was pretty interesting. That was, man, hearing Kevin Warren talk about that, Perez, because he did say, you know what, that he's impatient, <laughs> but he also yep. gets it. But I'm like, man, I said, man, wait a minute, Kevin Warren, a tough cookie, man. And he talk that way. But to your point, he's like, he's playing a long game, Perez, and want to do it the right way, man. Integrity, fairness, and all that stuff he talked about. So pretty much not taking any shortcuts, if I'm paraphrasing him, you know, accurately that way. Yep. No, you got it right. And also, too, he references time with the Rams. And how yeah. in year three, you know, of their rebuild, that's when they won the Super Bowl. And that's good. They can hold on to that part because, you know, if you go for two seasons that bad as the Rams were to go that third year and win it all, Perez, I'm not saying the Bears going to do that, but I see why he has optimism, though, because he's seen it done before. I respect that. But I can't say it's the same situation as the Chicago Bears, though. Well, see, the thing is with that team, not only did they have talent, but well, they had a great coaching staff. You're talking about Dick Vermeil, Mike Marks before he became a, a weirdo. But right. you had top-notch coaching. <laughs> yep. You know, so that's the thing. So I really am going to sit back and see what they're going to do with this coaching staff because that's, to me, that's your problem. It's how you develop the people. Right. That's a big part of the thing. If you want to see here play the long game and talk to me about the long-term approach, well, then who are you going to have to come in here that's going to develop these guys? Is going to get these guys to that next level? Absolutely, Press. I'm with you 1,000% there. But one thing I will give Ebert for some credit for, which you have as well, is what's happening with these first and second year players. We've seen the guys like Brisker, you know, mm-hmm. um, and these guys, Tyreek hey, Stevenson, Gordon. 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 Yeah, these guys develop, Press. That's what you want to see happen. And the fact that, you know, even Kevin Warren, a part of these young guys getting an opportunity to play and to see them cash in down the road, of the season, that does says a lot about coaching, bro. So I got to give Iberflu some credit there. What was also interesting, A-Dub, is just the fact that they were really mum on what they're going to do with the quarterback position. They are pretty mum on that quarterback situation, A-Dub. And from Ryan Poles' standpoint up there on that podium, he said this could go into April. I don't know if that's basically just him basically playing poker with the NFL right now because he's got this number one pick that he's dangling out there. Right. But he said what he said. He's open, right? He's open to listening, but he's just as open as using that pick. Even if that pick is just bait, you know, at the end of the day, you want somebody to get real desperate. That's what you want, man. And you want to get the the most out of that pick. Right. (laughs) Exactly. That can happen again, bro. I got no problem with that at all. But the thing is, though, 
That's what Ryan Poe's got to play his cards the right way. As you see that he's doing, right, Perez? He's not leaving you leaning one way or the other, in my opinion. He's not leaning Justin Fields. He's not leaning the draft pick. He's right there in the middle, and he wants everyone to think that. So even if he have his mind made up, I don't know. If there's some kind of move that's intriguing like that, Perez, hey, that can force him to trade that number one draft pick, oh, you know Ryan Poe's. He'll be all over, bro, if it's the right decision to make for this franchise. Also, it was really key listening to him speak about Justin. Because he said he did think the Justin got better, right? Right. And he said I, he said that he thought the Justin can lead this team. I thought that was important. If I'm Justin Fields and I'm listening to that, to me, that makes me feel good. They're in a unique situation, though, with this organization because they're looking at everything right now. And that includes this quarterback position. Because right now, you got a guy in Caleb Williams that's being touted as a generational talent. Do you want to be the GM that passes up on that? <laughs> Hey, look, I don't want to pass up on somebody like that, a generational-type talent like that, Perez, who can be your franchise quarterback for years to come, man. You don't want to miss out on one of those elite quarterbacks like that. But that's something that he got to definitely pay close attention to if Justin Fields that guy or if one of those quarterbacks out the draft is that guy who can move the needle going forward. But that's a tough decision to make in itself. And see, that's why I'm wondering when they say that they're willing to take the long-term approach, does that signal that they're willing to take a quarterback number one? Because if you're willing to take the long-term approach, that means you're willing to get that quarterback situation right. Right. You don't, you're not pretty much predicated upon time. Because for me right now, I look at Justin Fields as a guy who's been in the league for three years, who's gone through the ups and downs, that we know has talent. But the organization may look at it of we know what this kid can do. We want to go another direction. Me personally, I'm still rocking with Justin. I still think that Justin Fields has done enough. He showed the improvements. When he came back from the injury dub, he did a lot to show this fan base, the organization, what he can do. But however, right. we don't know what they're thinking is. We don't know what these scouts are thinking, right? Because you know that they've been out there on the road. They have probably been to every one of Caleb Williams' games. Drake May. They've been to all these guys' games. Right. So you don't know what they're thinking. I mean, I'm clueless, bro, on what they're thinking is at this point. And it's like, man, I give Ryan Poe's credit for keeping all this close to vests, but it just shows you that maybe he's still, you know, looking at film, everything else, player personnel, you know, all these different things, right, Perez, about that person to make them the right fit at quarterback. So he got his hands full and doing a lot of research and a lot of homeworks. But I'll tell you what they ate up. If he could do anything like what he did last year with that trade he made against the Panthers, that would be nice, man. Because think about it, right? Yeah. Y'all remember, we in this position now with this number one pick because of that trade. But then DJ Moore, Darnell Wright, Tyreek Stevenson, who A-Dub talked about a second ago, and a 2025 second round. Imagine if he does that a second year, we run it back with Justin. Man, that'll be dope, bro. If he can do that same type of effort that you just talked about, Perez, and getting draft capital and even building for the future with draft picks like he just did for this season. Oh, man, that's dope, man. He got a revolving door going on, man, and with finessing people at that. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you start to get a track record after a while, bro, as you do this two years in a row, man. But mm -hmm. it just shows you what kind of GM Ryan Poles really is if he can make some more like magic like that occur. The Jalen Johnson situation. I loved it. He said he ain't going nowhere. Mm. And I'm glad that Ryan Poles really feel like he can get a an extension or something done with Ryan with um 
Jalen Johnson in the near future. I like that, man. So it just shows you that Ryan Poles realized that, hey, this kid definitely has some value. And it definitely proved, even after watching the last game against the Packers, without him, that, hey, we need a guy like Jalen Johnson on this team. What did he say? He said, I feel really good about that situation, right? Yep. Cool. We'll get it done because I'm tired <laughs> of seeing our players leave because that Roquan Smith thing, that still didn't sit well with me. So make it right. Do the right thing with Jalen Johnson. Absolutely. And that's a guy that you and I feel strongly, bro, who deserves it. And he put the work in, put the work out there. The tape is out there. The production is out there. Can't say no to the guy at this point. And we know that the franchise tag is out there at their disposal, but I think they're going to get a, a contract done, in my opinion. I think so, too, Perez. I think it's the right thing to do. You don't want this thing to continue to keep lingering on. I mean, at some point, man, if it's lingering on that much, Perez, you know, players can get disgruntled, man. And you don't want any of that going on in-house, you know. So if you, get, if you can get it done, get it done. What did you think about Ryan Poles' non-committal to Braxton Jones' long-term left tackle? He said a lot of good things about Braxton Jones, Perez, and I, I respect that. But – you know how it is, man, with left tackles, right tackles, prayers. You wondering, you know, you have a good run. Is that life shield over or if this guy's special? And right now, I like Braxton Jones. I think he's solid. I think there's more to Braxton Jones that we need to see, prayers from a consistency standpoint. So there's some things that Braxton Jones still has to improve upon. And the thing about this draft is it's very heavy with tackle prospects. Uh, you and I will be doing our draft coverage here. We'll be heading out to the Senior Bowl here in a couple of weeks, and we'll be at the Combine. So we're going to have a lot of content for the audience when it comes to that. But when you look at this draft, there's a lot of tackle talent there. So in my opinion, when I heard that Ryan Post was complimentary, right? but he didn't hitch his wagon to him like he did with Darnell Wright, that led me to believe that, hey, they, they may be looking to bring some competition in over there with Braxton. And there's nothing wrong with that because – that's what the Bears do. When you look at a lot of these position groupings, there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of young talent on this roster. So why would they do it at the most important position on the field? And to your point, Perez, that offensive line can always get better. We see this season, right, what happened with this offensive line. We saw against certain teams who were very strong in the trenches how our offensive line didn't look so sharp. No talking about Braxton Jones in that list. So it's like, look, man, if we can get better, I totally get where Ryan Poles is at. Like, look, if someone can show that we're betting that they are betting Braxton Jones, you deserve to be on this team. But Eberflus called Jones a foundational piece, right? So obviously they view him in high regard, but it was just interesting to kind of hear Ryan Poles when he spoke on him, you know. So we'll see. I think the bigger need for this offensive line is at center, in my opinion. Yep. I think Braxton Jones is fine, but you know, yeah. we'll see what ends up, you know, coming down the pipeline. Right. And he's solid. You're right about that, Press. Nothing we can say negative about Braxton Jones for the most part. He is solid, man. But when you talk about that center, man, that's a whole other conversation. Bruh. <laughs> they need to figure that shit out. Figure that out. And I prefer for it to come from a draft because, man, you know how free agency happens, man, in this league. You got to overpay. And I think there's so much talent in this draft that you can get a guy in the second round that can be a day one starter, right? And that's the thing. That's the beauty of having all these assets in this draft capital that Ryan Poles has accumulated. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. The fact that they haven't made a decision on Justin Fields' fifth-year option, A-Dub, that's another thing that kind of was like, hmm. Yeah, it makes you wonder, like, okay, what do you really think about doing Ryan Poles? How many scenarios are already running through your mind already? But I'm like, man, 
what are you really thinking when you talk about Justin Fields versus, you know, any of these quarterbacks in the draft? So it just tells you, man, that Ryan Poles is trying to manage through a lot of different processes, Perez, in a lot of different scenarios. And this is the thing. When he answered the question, he said, we got time, which is true because they don't have to make that decision until May. Right. And I wasn't expecting him to really answer the question anyway. But if Justin Fields was there 100%, this is our guy, it'd be a no-brainer. I'm with you there, Perez. It would be a no-brainer if that was the case. You know, and you know how it is, man. If you can always get better and upgrade, you want to do it. But you got to know what that looks like, too, before you make that move. Justin Fields, I think his status is going to probably just be in limbo here for a couple months, which, man, I I, I wouldn't want that for myself. And I, I can only imagine how that's going to feel for him. Man, if nothing we know about Justin Fields is the one thing we do know is that that kid is mentally strong. And he's gone through a lot as a quarterback, trying to be a quarterback, trying to be a leader, all those things that you and I talked about, Perez. But now being in a situation where your future is in limbo, man, that's got to be tough in itself. But if there's anybody who can deal with it, it'll be him. Last piece on the on the on the press conference, a dub stadium update from Kevin Warren. What'd you think about that part? They're not quite there yet about what they're gonna do with the stadium prayers. It's a lot more work to be done. You know, he talked about the acres we already have in Arlington already, bro, that we still got that. But the thing is, Kevin Warren's pretty much saying that hey, there's so much more work to be done because it can also make business sense as well, right? And he's thinking about more than just, you know the team, the players, he's thinking about, you know, how this is going to look for the fan base, right? Would they appreciate something like this? Yeah, and I got that too. And also another takeaway that I have from it is he didn't commit to the Arlington Heights property area nope. there. And uh, he said that's not the priority for their stadium future. He said the goal is the stadium itself. Right. And he said that the, the priority for them is making sure that they build – a world-class stadium for the fans. So to that point that you're making, he said the stadium is a 40-year decision, A-Dub, and he said he didn't make sure that he gets it right. So I sat there and I said, cool. <laughs> I'm <laughs> <Right>. down with <laughs> Yeah, man, when he put it like that, say 40-year commitment, Perez, I'm like, well, okay, I understand now. I look at my age right now, it's like, okay, all right, all right. So where are we at? <laughs> but, <Yeah>. to your... <laughs> but to your point, man, when you talk about 40-year commitment, man, that just changed the entire scope of everything, bro. But one little caveat that he said in there is he said, there's something really special about downtown Chicago, which I agree. I love downtown Chicago. And it seems like he may be open <laughs> to something there in Chicago. You never know, bro. If, if it makes business sense, the right environment, the right place, you know how I go, Perez. But to your point, man, downtown is beautiful, bro. I love it, man. I mean, by the lake, everything, man. It's just great, you know? So it's like, you cannot love downtown Chicago, man. The lights, everything, the big buildings, everything just looks so good, man. So, yeah, I, I love downtown, too. I'm with him, man. He even said he lived downtown. So he yep, understands yep. he gets it. True that. You know what? I want to get your thoughts on the, on, on Ian Cunningham and Jeff King. Uh, these are guys that are starting to generate some interest around the league for GM openings. And Ryan Poles did speak to that a little bit. Ian Cunningham was a finalist for a job last year, and he actually turned down the Cardinals GM job. So it's only a matter of time before a team snatches him up, and it looks like Jeff King now is going to be in the same spot that Ian Cunningham was last year. Well, salute to Ian Cunningham, Perez, because I know it's another guy that you will not see in person, 
and see yep. how you how you move. You and I again saw him at the senior bowl. We saw how he moved, man. Ian Cunningham is all business, bro. And the fact that he's been working with Ryan Poles, that says a good thing too, because there are some good things about what Ryan Poles have done for this franchise with the but seeing Ian Cunningham on the rise, being growing, building his resume, getting experience, man. It's a lot about that guy and what he's able to do. And I'm rooting for him, man, for him to actually get an opportunity because, you know, if he does well, that's good for the Bears. At the end of the day, it's a win-win situation for everybody. And at the same time, A-Dub, if it comes to fruition that one or both of those guys end up leaving, yeah, you got some big shoes to fill. Because to your point, Ian Cunningham, he's a bad dude. And he yeah. gets some shit done. And you look at all the moves that they've been making. I mean, Ryan Poles gets all the glory. But, hey, Ian Cunningham's right there with him locked stuff. And I like how you said that, Press. Ian Cunningham is right there, bro. Soaking it in, putting in work as well. So, hey, man, it's a good look, bro. And I love to see guys continue to thrive like that and continue to grow. Well, here's all it is. We want to also give you guys some of our feedback on the season finale against the Packers, right? You know, Packers week <sighs> ended in a whimper. <laughs> this was supposed to be a rebuilding year for them, and these bastards make it to the playoffs. The shit didn't feel good to me, man. That's why I was still a little salty when we first came on this show, A-Dub, because I had saw a commercial before we came on, and I'm sitting up here, like, advertising their game coming up. And I'm like, man, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> I never want to see the Packers win. I'm sorry, y'all. I just don't. I'm one of those guys. That's the only team I feel that way about, you know. So to see what Perez saying, see those guys being advertised and all that stuff, man, it don't feel good, especially when we had a chance to put them away. So, and to get an audience, just maybe a couple takeaways from this game, and we're going to get out of here. But I, I just wanted to touch on this matchup a little bit because I know people are probably like, man, what, what these guys think about that matchup? I got my concerns about that offensive line, bro. To see how the Bears' offensive line got bullied <laughs> by the Packers, that speaks volume, bro. It really does, man. It's like, hey, Tevin Jenkins having a bad game. Man, the worst game in his career. Exactly. Bad timing, man. We saw what happened with Nate Davis. He didn't look good at all anyway. Mm-mm, he ain't been no. looking good all season. That's another story there, you know. So <laughs> you, you already talked about, you know, where we at with the center. You got Feeney out there. He don't look good either. So it's like <laughs> it just looked really bad, bro. So that O-line, man, definitely needs some work and even need depth, too, for that you always talk about. So it just put everything in perspective from the O-line position. So, A-Dub, I agree with that. That's a hell of a point. I just thought they looked unprepared, bro. Like, Ooh. what did I say? I said they need to treat this game like a playoff game. You said it. They didn't treat that shit like no playoff game. They look they look flat going out there. Offensively, which is the reason why this dude lost his damn job, Lugetti, <laughs> he didn't have no guys ready to play. How the hell Justin Fields only throw the ball 16, 17 times? I, I think it was somewhere around there. Yeah. What the fuck? In my article that I wrote, I, I wrote up a week 18 preview. I know we didn't get you guys a, a preview pod on this, but I hey, listen, I wrote on it. You know what I'm saying? Facts. You guys should be you guys should be following Chicago State of Mind Substack. Anyway, I wrote on it in my very key words in that article, A-Dub. I talked about the fact Jordan Love has slow starts to games. And with our defense, if we can get out to a lead, we should be able to be aggressive on offense and, and take these guys down. We didn't right. do that. We were not aggressive on offense. To your point, we got bullied. And that should never happen. And I'm sorry, but again, that's why I was surprised the head coaches retained because they never are prepared for these big games. Because you look at this game, bro, 
And you see some of the luck that the Bears got during that game and didn't capitalize on the luck that they got. You got the, the kicker missing field goals. You got mm-hmm. a takeaway off a helmet hit by Tyreek Stevenson that wasn't even intentional. <laughs> you know, it hit Jordan Love and knocked out his hand, bro. That wasn't even intentional. It was a bad report tackling on Ty- Tyreek Stevenson. He doesn't have many of those, you know. But anyhow, he got the turnover. We do nothing with it. So when I look at this Bears team, I'm like, look, we're getting chances. Even how the first half closed, Perez, where they made a mistake, bro, on offense and then couldn't get out of bounds, right? And they couldn't get no points at all, right, to end the first half. But here we are getting by and still can't get no more than nine points. Come on, man. You got to look at the offensive coordinator. So your point preparation and say, come on, we can do better than this offensively, man, and get something generating. So, again, offensive coordinator, which is why he's not here. But I put a little bit of that on Ibraflus as well because he's admitted to the media in the past that he's involved with some of the situational decisions there on offense. Right. And situational coaching is an area where this team does not answer the bell. And I thought there were some calls there in that game where I was like, what are we doing? All season, we've been sitting here like, what was that play call? Why did we do that on fourth down? It's just been a lot of shit that's had us out here scratching our heads. And I'm sorry, but I got to go back to the fact that the Packers, this was supposed to be a rebuilding year for them. How the fuck do they, in a rebuilding year, still make the playoffs? What does that say about us? To your point, Perez, having your team ready for big games, man, it seems to be a problem for sure, bro. And it's a theme, too, you know, that you talked about. We talked about Eberflus. Like, having your team pumped up and ready for these type of games, man. So you got to look at Eberflus to give him a lot of that blame, too, Perez, to what you're alluding to. Because, come on, man, you cannot have your team come out that flat that Perez talked about and play that poorly. We look at this whole Chicago Bears situation, right? And we've talked about a lot of this stuff about the decisions that have been made. But right now, it's just like I'm looking at everything and I'm just not comfortable Again, with Maddie Mifflus being retained, because when I looked at this game here, I said, there's no way that this team was prepared. There's no way that this team was ready for this matchup. And again, you had an opportunity to prevent your rival team from making the playoffs. And you came out as unspirited as, as they came out. Right. It's just to me, it's embarrassing. Now, another thing, A-Dub, and we had a lot of people hitting us up about this. They're like, hey. You guys went after Jordan Love a lot. Yeah, that was me. It wasn't A-Dub. That was me. And guess what? Jordan Love went out there, and he balled out this season. So people are like, how do you guys feel about Jordan Love's long-term progression in the league, and do you think that he's a better quarterback than Justin Fields? Jordan Love and Justin Fields are two different types of quarterbacks, you know? And you would say this as well, bro. We're not going to see Justin Fields go out there and throw for 300-plus yards, you know? You've been saying this for a while. He's similar to a guy like Lamar Jackson, who Uh may go for 200-some yards and rush for somewhere near 100 yards, right? That's still a solid game, a good game right there, you know? Yep. And that's what it's all about, you know? What can you do with your capabilities and with your strengths, you know? I don't expect Jordan Love to go out there and run for 100-some yards. I ain't going to expect that at all, right? So the guy's a very good pocket passer. I give him his credit, but I'm not going to compare them like it's apples to apples, bro. These are two different types of quarterbacks. Agreed. Agreed. And – not every situation is created equal. Right. <laughs> you can't compare the way that you and I grew up to a kid that grew up in freaking Hinsdale. It's two different levels of a situation. Right. Now, Jordan Love is over there with Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur is a baller as a play caller. 
I agree. He, he fucking, he outcoached the shit out of fucking Eberflus <laughs> and Getzer. He sure did. <laughs> no doubt. And, and they did it with receivers that are a ragtag bunch of receivers. You had Wicks, Jaden Reed, both guys that we covered at the Senior Bowl that the Packers drafted, and they're out there making plays. That, yeah. that is a beat-up bunch. Christian Watson's been hurt for most of the season, and the Packers are still in the playoffs. That says a lot, bro, about their system, their passing game, and also the ability to run the football, too. But that's part of it as well. But the yeah, thing is, Aaron, because Aaron Jones got busy, didn't he? Didn't he, bro? <laughs> I got to give, I got to get that to coach, you know, first, like you were saying, man. We got to get the OC, the play, I'm sorry, we got to get the play callers their credit, man, over there with Green Bay. They've done a good job, man. And you're right. When you out coach our coaching staff like that, it says a lot about you. My last point on this game. You talked about it a little second ago, but I thought the defense, we got picked apart by the Packers. And this is one of the things with us is that we were so excited about the way this defense was looking, and I thought they would have been a little bit more fired up. But I I just didn't understand what we saw out there. The Bears' run defense had been playing very well, and then all of a sudden Aaron Jones is out there just fucking balling on us. (laughs) And I thought – that every aspect defensively, I just thought that we just we weren't ready, right? The D line, they won't get any push. Nope. T- tackling, <laughs> what, what was happening there? It, it, I feel like we were bouncing off everybody. Jalen Johnson was getting burnt at man coverage before he got hurt. Like I said, man, the, the, this shit just didn't look good. It did not look good. A bad performance at the wrong time. And it's pretty much the football guy saying, "For look." You ain't do enough work, you know, to deserve this opportunity because you folded when it happened, man. And when you talk about our defense, though, bro, to me, that was the biggest letdown, bro. I mean, we didn't see that Montez sweat impact that we normally have seen thus far. I mean, to end the game like they have done, I mean, Montez sweat started to do some things late in the game, Perez, but we didn't see that impact that we've seen, again, the past few weeks where this guy been going out there and just been that game changer. So all those things right there did matter. And it just put so much more pressure on your secondary. But to go out like that, man, the last game, man, that's so disappointing. And offensively, I have to go back to the fact of why things were so vanilla. I thought that was some one-on-one. That was like some intro to NFL offense. I'm like, what is this shit? Like, Getsy out here, you you trying to help the Packers get into the fucking playoffs? Like, what? For real? He, he folded, bro. <laughs> like, it, it was the same outside run to Khalil Herbert that the Packers were stopping. They kept doing this shit. I'm like, it's not fucking working. The slow developing routes with the receivers. What are we doing? <laughs> I just didn't, I didn't understand it, bro. I did not understand it. You've been talking about also these screen passes as well. well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Just that when I saw it happening in the game, I'm like, damn, I know Prez going to say something about this. <laughs> you know, but just seeing how our screen passes is probably the worst in the NFL. It's like, man, we can't get that right for the life of us, man. It's just bad. I'm not even touching that one, A-Dub, because uh, I agree. Yes, the screen passes <laughs> are bad. But I don't want to get on here because I, I, you're about to make me blow my top because that was one of the main reasons <laughs> with Getty why I hated him as our play caller. Right. Again, it was just those – Plays like that, you're just like, what are you doing? It's not going to work. You're just like, fuck it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call that shit again. <laughs> hey, 
Jesus, I got no prayers. So we're like, hey, Doug, we do this one more time, man. One, one more time. time. <laughs> I had to move all the remotes. You remember that one season I was tearing up remotes because of Nagy's punk ass. Right. I, mean, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna have these damn coaches have me got me over here destroying shit, but bruh. Let's just say <laughs> I was not happy week 18. I'm sitting here just like, bro, it's the Packers. You know, first of all, first and foremost, it's the Packers. Yeah. I'm so tired of losing to them. People are calling a rivalry, but how can you call it that? It's one-sided as hell. All right. they do is smack us around. <laughs> we get bullied. This ain't no rivalry. Nah, not a rivalry. We get bumped. <laughs> yeah, we get bumped. We keep losing, man. I mean, you keep yeah. losing. It's not a rivalry, man. You know, it's just kind of what it is, what it is, man. It's like when the, the Bulls to beat up on the Knicks at one point. It's like, look, it's not a rivalry yet. Y'all ain't won yet. So how you yeah, going to call it a rivalry? <laughs> y'all ain't ready. No. Like I said, man, it's Debo telling you it's his bike. And that's what it is. <laughs> and you giving that shit up. <laughs> in the chain. Here you go. Even though yeah. my grandma gave it to me. <laughs> yeah. I was going to tuck mine in. No. No. <laughs> Give me that thing. Give me that, man. Give it to me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's right. I got one thing left on Justin Fields. I thought this game right here, A-Dub, in my opinion, Luke Getsy did Justin Fields a disservice. Justin Fields also missed throws out there. He was holding on to the football. Yes, audience, I'm calling him out on that. Yep. But I thought that Luke Getsy, the way he called the game versus the way that the Packers called the game, and they allowed Jordan Love to go out there and win him the football game. Meanwhile, our OC – Folded. I thought Justin, potentially, if you gave him the opportunity, he could have shown you, like, hey, I could go out here and win us a football game. It could have been a career-defining moment for him as well, against the Packers, against your rivals, quote-unquote. But we didn't see that. And like I said, man, I thought he was severely limited by Getz, the offensive line like you brought up. That shit was awful. It was awful, man, seeing him behind that offensive line. That's the thing. When people sit up here and they criticize this kid, I'm like, yeah, he has things that he could do better. But look at the situation around him. He was put in a fucked up situation. He was. And never once did you hear this kid point fingers. He got up every play and played like it was his last play. Like he didn't fade him at all, bro. He got up, next play mentality, man. And cannot nobody – I mean, he was like on an island by himself, bro, trying to figure it all out in the passing game, or trying to run and make something happen, man. Justin Fields was on his own. Of course, he had DJ Moore when the time came, but other than that, man, the guy was on his own on the island by himself. No, he, he definitely was. In the season finale media scrum, Justin Fields at the end, he thanked the Chicago fans, and he looked back on it and said, hey, you know what I'm saying? He gave it his all, and he said, if this is my final game, he appreciated the fan base. He thanked the media. And I thought that was classy. I also think that this is a quarterback that realizes that, listen, <laughs> this decision could have already been made, right? Yep. I could be in a situation where it didn't matter what I did. They already knew what they were going to do, right? He yep. doesn't know. It's not like they anyone has gone to him and gave him any assurances. Right. And that's going to be tough to play like that, Perez. Where you're like, look, no one's telling me what my future is when it comes down to Chicago Bears. Even though I'm performing good, bad, or indifferent. Don't even matter. Like you say, bro, where does that lead me? He's out there pretty much for his on the island by himself when you talk about his own career. And I know there's so many people, like, when I made the Lamar Jackson comparison, there were a lot of people that, like, hit us up. And they were like, hey, man, I totally get that comp. But they're like, but in today's NFL, it's tough to win consistently 
when your quarterback hovers in that sub 200 yard, you know, kind of passing realm. And I said, not necessarily because right. with the Bears defense being, you know, what it's showing us that it could be, if you play mistake free football and you compliment the defense, you can't win in today's NFL that way. You can't get behind. Right, right. <laughs> but, you know, I think that's just another way for people to just kind of just want to get rid of Justin. But I always say, be careful what you ask for. Because there's no right. guarantees. Even if you go out there and get the quote-unquote generational talent, that person needs to develop. Unless you bring the resources around that person, like what the Texans did with C.J. Stroud. Right. But you got to have the right people around a quarterback if that's what you want to produce. C.J. Stroud looked phenomenal this year, ain't Doug. And yeah. I ain't going to lie to you. There was times I was like daydreaming. I'm like, man, ooh, I love our offense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. C.J. balled out, bro. And um, he just might be one of those quarterbacks who might be special, bro. I mean, it's only time would tell, though. But, you know, we'll see how it goes with his future, though. People have been talking about Lamar Jackson for how many years? And this guy on his way to be, what, maybe a, another – to win another MVP, bro? So it's like those type of quarterbacks can still be successful, bro. And that's what's important, really, having that success. Because we've seen, bro, a lot of those quarterbacks who were drafted in Justin Fields' draft class, let's talk about where they are now. Yeah, not many of them are doing much, right? I mean, Trevor right. Lawrence, he's been, he's been doing this thing. But, I mean, you got Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. I'm like, Pfft. <laughs> right, exactly. So what that says right there about quarterbacks in general, right? And these were guys people were saying had high praise for Perez. They going to be this type of quarterback. They going to be great and all that. Well, we ain't seen it yet. <laughs> we haven't seen that. So it's hard in a way to predict certain players and what they were really going to be able to do really, man, you know, until you put them in the right position to be successful and help develop and grow them that you talked about. So that's the whole of the animal right there, man, itself when you talk about judging quarterbacks. 100%. Well, audience, we ain't going to give out no game balls, but what A-Dub and I are going to do next week, we're going to do an episode. We're going to give out our MVP season awards, so we're going to break it down, um, and so we're going to have some fun with that, so we'll have a little award show here on the show, but no no game balls for Week 18. We want to make sure that we did enough of this episode. We broke down the presser and all this stuff that's been going on in the offseason because, listen, we know, audience, this offseason, we go lack for content around here. Because this offseason is going to be busy, and I'm here for it. I'm with you, Prez. Bring on the smoke, Ryan Post. Yes, sir. Well, listen, audience, we appreciate you guys and your continued support and for rocking with us for another season of Chicago Bears football. Listen, we appreciate you guys so, so much. And we're going to be here all offseason. You guys know how we do. We got senior bowl coverage, NFL draft coverage. We We got free agency coverage for y'all. Trust me, audience, we ain't going nowhere. We are in the building. We got y'all. And just know that we would not be a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast without your support. means the world to us. But listen, the best is just yet to come for us as a fan base. I know I was a little upset earlier. I know I was a little, you know, in my feels. But now, you know, getting to talk to my guy, A-Dub over here, you know what I mean? I feel that... Ryan Poles, outside of his decision to keep the head coach, I feel he's going to bring in the right players to continue to build this roster out. That is the area right there with that man that I got faith in. I echo everything you said, man. You're spot on, bro. I'm with you in that perspective. We talk about Ryan Poles. I can rock with him for now. I appreciate what he's been doing. 
Just got to keep it up. Yes, sir. Well, listen, audience, we're going to be back here next week. For now, we are out.